But we're going to be talking about legacy today. Amen. I'm glad you're so fired up about that. That's great. Well, we, oh, hey, man, one person's fired up. I appreciate that. We're going to be talking about legacy. And so what is a legacy? A legacy is something that, that you leave behind. And so most of us think of it as far as like money or, or, or possessions or property or whatever. But a legacy is anything that is passed down from before. And so some examples, like we always hear, what will the president's legacy be? Right? We always hear that. Whatever president is in the office, what will their legacy be? And uh, we know that legacy can come in different forms, different sizes, whatever. I mean, we think of uh, ancient Rome. Right? They left a legacy. We think of uh, Egypt or McDonald's. <laughs> McDonald's has left a legacy, right? Uh, we can think of TV shows like Seinfeld. It's left a legacy. Companies, Microsoft, the, all these have left a legacy. They've passed something down now to the next generation. We can even think of people, right? There's a number of people uh, that, that have left a legacy. For instance, uh, George Washington. Right? He's left a huge legacy. Right? What are some, uh, some other people? Uh, Mother Teresa. She left a legacy. Correct? Uh, I, I threw out some other people. Harriet Tubman. She left a legacy. Uh, we could even think of some people that maybe left a different type of legacy. Like, uh, like Hitler. He left a legacy. Uh, Bruce Lee. Left a legacy. Uh, Michael Jackson left a legacy. Abraham Lincoln, yes, we don't have his picture. But Cesar Chavez, Cesar Chavez, right? I mean, he's got a, he's got a day uh, after him. Madonna has left a legacy. Jay-Z has now left a legacy. Al Capone has left a legacy. And I know some will get fired up about this because they're part of this cult. Steve Jobs left a legacy. The Apple cult. And people, most people know me, you know, I'm not an Apple guy, but see, look at that. That's love right there. I show some love to you guys right there. I got Steve Jobs up there. You know what I'm saying? All these guys and, and women there left a legacy. Some have a very good and positive legacy. Some of you say, oh, I don't know how positive that is. And some of you say, that definitely was not a positive legacy. But everyone that we see here left a legacy. Now, we all can and will leave a legacy. We either leave a good legacy or a bad legacy. A legacy that, that is admirable, that is worthy of imitation, or one that is not worthy of imitation or should be easily forgotten. But we all want to leave a legacy, right? I mean, don't you want to leave something behind? You want to make sure that you leave this world having produced or, or added something of value. Nobody wants to just, hey, I just lived, and, and as soon as I'm gone, it was like I never existed. No impression. No, we all want to leave a legacy. So then let me ask you, what will your legacy be? What will you pass down to the next generations? You see, again, we all want to leave something behind. But here's what I think we should be focused on leaving. And that's a legacy of faith. A legacy of faith. In fact, that's the title for our, our lesson today is a legacy 
of faith. Are you guys with me here? Let's look at this because God has a plan and wants to use us to leave a legacy of faith. Turn with me over to Deuteronomy chapter 6. All right, now I need some encouragement, amen? As many of you know, USC lost yesterday, so it's hard to get up here. I just appreciate those who have not mentioned the loss to me, thank you. I don't appreciate those who have mentioned the loss to me. And they said it very proudly, too. Hey, Marcel, you guys lost yesterday. What happened? Man, why you got to bring that up, man? you know? I do appreciate you, Reese. You didn't bring it up. I know you thought it, but you practiced self-control, so thank you for doing that. You denied yourself. What a great man worthy of imitation right there. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Give me an amen if you're there. Amen. Let's read this. This is God giving some uh, instructions here to the people of Israel. They've just become their own nation and, and they're on their way to the promised land. And God's giving them uh, his instructions uh, uh, as a people, but as his chosen people. And he says here in verse 4, we'll take it up here, O Israel. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. We see here God's plan was to have a legacy of faith passed down. And we see here it, it definitely needs to start first and foremost in the home. Parents are supposed to pass down the faith to their children with the expectation it will continue to be passed down through the generations. But we know that it's not just about in the home. Go with me over to Psalm 78. Yeah. Psalm 78. And we're going to look at several passages here. I know we just finished our sermon series, uh, which we called Be Rich, out of the book of Ephesians. I was going to do something out of the book of Ephesians, but I thought, no, we just finished. So I decided not to. I'm just playing with y'all. Psalm 78, verse 1. Are you guys there? Let's read it. It says, Oh, my people, hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter hidden things, things from of old. What we have heard and known... What our fathers have told us, we will not hide them from their children. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and the wonders he has done. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our forefathers to teach their children. So the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born. And they in turn would tell their children then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds but would keep his commands we'll stop right there here's a call for all of God's people to be involved in the faith being passed down to the next generation to the next generation not just in the home but everyone is included it takes a community to raise a child it takes a community to pass down the legacy of faith but we see it doesn't stop there. Go to the New Testament here. Going over to Matthew chapter 28. You guys still with me here? Yes. And we know many of us in the congregation are very familiar with this passage. Jesus has died. He's resurrected. And now he's about to ascend to heaven. And he's going to give some final instructions to his followers here. 
And we know Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. And check out what he says here in Matthew 28, verse 18. Then Jesus came to them, Matthew 28, verse 18, and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. What was Jesus' charge? It was a charge to leave a legacy of faith. Hey guys, you guys got to go out and this needs to continue. It needs to be passed on. It can't just stay local. It has to be worldwide and they must follow. And if they teach them about everything, then they obviously would teach them, hey, we have to go out and make disciples of all nations. So therefore, it would continue. You guys see the cycle there. And so we see here again, Jesus saying he's continuing with this idea that's already been established in Deuteronomy chapter 6 with God's people. Hey, the faith must be passed down a legacy of faith. Go on with me over to 2 Timothy chapter 2. All right, now, don't get quiet on me. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Let me get there. We'll start off in verse 1. You then, my son... Paul here is writing a letter to Timothy, who was a leader in the church. He's, again, actually a product of a legacy of faith. His mother and grandmother were Christians, and so they passed down the faith to him. Now, he's a leader in the church. He was raised up in the faith, and now he's leading people in the faith. And so we see here in verse 1, You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. You see, another call and example of leaving a legacy of faith. You have Paul here who, who's training up and who's trained and raised up Timothy. And he tells Timothy, hey, you need to raise up some more leaders. And then those leaders are supposed to go and teach more people here. You see, a legacy of faith being passed down. A legacy of faith. We see God's plan is to have his people leave a legacy of faith. If you're a child of God, then this is the greatest honor you have is that you get to work in conjunction with the creator of the universe in leaving a legacy of faith. You have the honor of not just helping somebody, but the privilege, the honor of helping a soul for eternity. Helping a soul for eternity. Not a momentary thing, but this is an everlasting privilege and honor. And you see, all Christians can and are called and are supposed to leave a legacy of faith. Not just the leaders or the talented ones. Like the people that we showed earlier, we go, wow, well, those are historical figures. Very talented, very gifted, a lot of good things. There's no way I can leave a legacy like them. Well, let's look in the Bible some more. And we're going to see that you and I can and should leave a legacy of faith. You guys with me? 
Okay, so let's look at a legacy of faith. Going over to Acts chapter 8 here, okay? Acts chapter 8. I know, we're, I know we're used to studying out just one passage here, so your fingers might be a little, little rusty there flipping through the pages. Usually we look at just one text here, but we're looking at a number of scriptures if you're visiting here with us today. Acts chapter 8, in verse 1, just to give you a little background, a guy named Stephen in the church, he, he was preaching the word, and the people didn't like what they heard, and so they decided, you know, we don't like what we heard, so we're going to stone you. Be grateful that you live in America in 2014. That's probably not going to happen. And so he's preaching about Jesus. And, and look at this here in verse 1. And Saul was there giving approval to his death. This is our introduction to Saul, who later became Paul. Wow. That's a great introduction. He's there approving of somebody being stoned to death. Now going over to the next chapter in chapter 9, and we're going to see a transformation take place. Verse 1. Meanwhile, while Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples, he went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found anyone there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. Man, Paul is a Man, he's off the hook. I mean, we read that sometimes. You can just breathe through that. I mean, it says he, he, he's murderous threats. That's what he's breathing out. I mean, this is some intensity. He really has a problem. He says, I don't care if I see man or woman. I mean, what guy is like that? Let me catch a woman I'm going to throw her in jail. I mean, he, he is, he's got a problem. We need to get him in some good enough parenting classes or something. But let's continue reading. I just like looking at that and, under, and breaking it down. Like, wow, that was crazy. All right, verse 3. It reads, As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias! Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hand on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. So Saul has a, has a reputation. Everybody knows what he's about. Verse 15, but the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. The Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once, he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. 
All those who heard him were astonished and asked, Isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on this name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Christ. We'll stop there. We see this transformation. It's amazing. It's encouraging. Especially those of us who, who, who maybe question the validity of Jesus here. Really, if you look at Paul, you go, wow, this increases my faith in Jesus. Because for a man to go out breathing out murderous threats to become a, a missionary, and he eventually died for his faith, something must have happened. But that's just a side note. But we see here, Paul went on, and immediately he's preaching and proving that Jesus is the Son of God. What a transformation. But he goes on to be one of the greatest leaders and missionaries in the church and, and dies for his faith in Jesus Christ. He started and helped build churches all across the, uh, uh, the known world. He trained many leaders who went on to lead churches. He had a major influence in churches that he wasn't even personally involved in. And he also wrote 13 books of the New Testament. I would say he had a legacy of faith. 13 books in the Bible. That means that Paul was used by God to impact billions. That's a legacy of faith. You say, well, man, I thought you were going to say we all can be and have a legacy of faith. I don't know if I could be like Paul. That doesn't sound like that's me. Guess what? Because I'm not looking at Paul's legacy of faith here. It's Ananias. Did you catch that? Ananias. You see, Ananias is the one that God used to do what? To baptize Paul. Whoa! You see, Ananias led to Paul, which led to... All that we just expressed. You see, Ananias, you can argue that's his legacy of faith. Because he was like, hold up, Lord. You want me to go talk to who? Paul? Maybe the angels have been like, you know, getting you a little busy and distracted. But I don't think you've noticed, but he's trying to kill all of us. Lord, I, I think you got the wrong Saul. You mean Saul from like, uh, 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 you know, uh, 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 from some other city? Saul from Egypt? Not Saul from Tarsus. You're not talking about him. He says, yes, I'm talking about him. And what happened? He went, he obeyed, and we see the ramifications today here this Sunday morning. A legacy of faith. If there's no Ananias, it's possible there's no Paul. But here's the thing. Who's the one who shared their faith and helped Ananias? I don't know. But it's their legacy of faith as well. You see, they helped Ananias, who helped Paul, who helped so many. And we go, wow, who are they? They aren't these grand, you know, spirit, uh, superhuman type disciples of Jesus. In fact, one of them, we don't even know who they are. We get no name. And Ananias, all we know is he was a strong disciple of Jesus. That's all we really get about him. When he's described as Paul shares his conversion, he says, you know what, there's a guy named Ananias, and he was involved in my conversion process. You see, every one of us can be an Ananias. Every one of us might not be a Paul, but every one of us can be the person who shared with Ananias. 
Every one of us can have a legacy of faith that is passed down. Are you with me, church? See, the same is here for us today. We need to be like Ananias or whoever it was that shared their faith with him. Is that we need to make sure we're strong disciples of Jesus in the faith. Following the teachings, the life, and the call of Jesus. And we will see a legacy of faith. But there's some reasons why some of us aren't leading or leaving a legacy of faith. And let's look at some of those. There's some reasons why some of us are not leaving a legacy of faith. For some of us, it's because, hey, we didn't know about this whole idea of a legacy of faith. We're just coming in and we're like, hey, I don't really know about Jesus. And so, of course, I'm not going to be leaving a legacy of faith. I don't really have a faith. So, amen. We understand that. But for some of us, we got the YOLO problem. And so YOLO, just to help you guys out, was a term. It's a little bit old now, you know, but it was a term starting to make you only live once. And it's a popular phrase amongst uh, uh, the younger generation, high schoolers and college students. And, and basically this idea of you only live once is, hey, you only live once, you might as well live it up. And we're not talking about like, hey, go skydiving. We're talking about like, hey, do as bad as you can because you only live once. You go, well, that, that's kind of foolish. But, but, but that's the popular thing. I mean, there's in songs and, and everything, there's this mindset, hey, YOLO, hashtag YOLO. I mean, that was big. But see, some of us have YOLO, but we got the religious edition. So we're not going like, hey, I'm just going to live it up, we'll live wild and crazy. No, we're just living for ourselves. You see, we're not going around and being crazy. No, but, but our life consists and, and it's mainly focused on us and us and our materialism, us and our, our, our future as far as what kind of physical legacy we can leave for our kids. And that's not bad, but that's where it is. We're going to, we only live once, and so I got to make sure I get this TV. I got to make sure that, that, that I get this job. I got to make sure. That, and really what it is is, hey, you're, you have the YOLO mindset, but it's the religious addition. So it doesn't look as bad, but really has the same motivation. It has the same core issue. It's about self. And what does that lead to a lot of times as we see? It, it leads to sin. Just flat out, some of us aren't leaving a legacy of faith because our life is dominated by sin. Some of us is because of a lack of commitment to Christ in the church. We're not 100% committed to him. So what can we pass on? What kind of legacy are we leaving? We're not, we're not involved with the body so we can't help encourage and strengthen because we're not even there. We're missing in action. And for some of us, it's past failures and discouragement. We say, man, I, you know, I tried or, or this happened in my life and, and or whatever. And, and it may be so valid and legit and we understand, but it's crippling us from leaving a legacy of faith. And for some, it might be the fear and insecurity of actually trying to go and leave a legacy of faith. And our fear grips us and it holds us tight. And so therefore, we, we don't do anything. And we just kind of Get by. I just want to say if, if this is you, any one of these, I just want to appeal to you. I want to encourage you that that can change. That you can grow from it. But I also want to appeal to you and saying, man, you're missing out. 
You're missing out on, on participating in the greatest privilege and honor there is, and that's to help somebody spiritually. The greatest, you're missing out. I mean, how many of us like to miss out on great things? None of us do, right? When you hear somebody and, and they went somewhere, they didn't invite you, like, hey, man, why didn't you invite me? Man, I, I wanted to do that. Oh, you guys went to that restaurant? I've been wanting to eat there. Or you went and did that? Man, I, I told you last week. What, what, what happened? And we feel like we missed out, right? We're like, oh, man, what's up with that? But here's the thing. You're missing out spiritually. You're missing out on the greatest treasure there is. If one of these things is stopping you from leaving a legacy of faith. Again, I remind you. Helping someone for eternity. The greatest honor and achievement. Nothing is more important or beneficial. Nothing is more important or beneficial than leaving a legacy of faith and helping someone spiritually. Okay, what, what, you, some of you don't believe me. Let me ask you this, especially those who are members of the church here. Who are you more grateful for? The person who shared their faith with you or the person who's, who made your smartphone? <laughs> who are you more grateful for? The person who made your iPhone 5 or the person who shared their faith with you? Who are you more grateful for? The person who sat down and studied the Bible with you or the person who sold you your car? Who are you more grateful for? You don't even remember that guy's name. Who are you more grateful for? The person whose example helped you spiritually or your realtor or your favorite teacher? Who are you more grateful for? Who are you more grateful for? The person who helped you stay faithful to Jesus, who helped you heal your wounds, who helped fix your marriage, or your favorite actor or director? Who are you more grateful for, honestly? You see, leaving a legacy of faith, helping someone spiritually is incomparable. The greatest achievement, the greatest honor and privilege that you and I have the opportunity to participate in. You see, leaving a legacy of faith trumps anything else. Do you want to leave a legacy of faith? I repeat it. Do you want to leave a legacy of faith? Yes. Well, let's talk about how we can. How do we leave a legacy of faith? We talked about YOLO. Well, here's how. It's your foe. <laughs> your foe here. You only live for others. <laughs> ah. You like that? I stole it. I can't take credit. <laughs> Yo, foe, you only live for others. See, a leg legacy of faith is about God and others. It's not about you. It's not about yourself. It's not about glory for you. It's about God and it's about others. Living to please God and living to impact others. Yo, foe, hashtag that. <laughs> It's about showing and living out our thanks for Jesus. About showing and living out our thanks for the faith that we have, for the hope that we have, for the love that we enjoy. It's about helping others have that as well. You see, for us to leave a legacy of faith, we have to live for God and for others. Are you with me? There was a Forbes article, put that up there, Dave, and he was talking about building a legacy. And I read this the other day, and I thought it was really cool because I think it helps us spiritually. And in the article, he says, the key to securing a legacy that makes us and our families proud, focusing on our mission instead of ourselves. 
focusing on the mission instead of ourselves. You see, that, that's, that's yo foe. You see, yo low, living for myself, is all about me. It's not about the mission. It's not, it's not, it's not a, about the direction there. It's just about making sure I'm entertained. I am pleased. But see, something bigger, something greater will actually leave a legacy, a mission. Now, we all know what is our mission. Well, we saw it in the scriptures earlier. Deuteronomy 6 is to pass down the legacy of faith to our kids. We know it's Matthew 28, so that the whole world may know Jesus and have a chance of becoming disciples of his. Passing it on to the world. There's another quote I want to read you. And it was uh, by the uh, Marion Wright Elderman. She was the first black woman admitted to the Mississippi Bar. And she said, my father always said that if you follow the need, you will never lack for a useful purpose. And then the writer said, you also won't lack for humility and perspective because what you are trying to accomplish will always be bigger than you are. See, see, we got a mission that Jesus called us to, to leave a legacy of faith. And it's not about you, and it's not about me, but it's about God and helping people for eternity. You see, we are tomorrow's ancestors. We are tomorrow's ancestors. What are you leaving behind? I know some of us are young. We got the, the team ministry right in the front. Guess what? You're going to be somebody's ancestor. That is scary. You're going to be somebody's ancestor. College students, you're going to be somebody's ancestor. Our marriage and singles, you're going to be somebody's ancestor. You are tomorrow's ancestors. It, 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 it will happen. As long as the Lord doesn't come back, you will be somebody's ancestor. What are you going to leave behind? What have you left behind already? What are you leaving behind right now? You see, I believe you and I, we need, no, 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 better yet, we don't, we don't need, we must get focused on leaving a legacy. I don't think it's an option. I think this is an absolute necessity. We have to make sure that we are mission focused. You say, well, I got a lot going on. So you know what? So do I. And so does the person next to you. And people have always had a lot going on from the beginning of time until now. But that's why we have to focus ourselves on the mission. If we seek his kingdom first, he says, all these things will be given to you as well. We got to make sure that we are focused. Helping someone spiritually. Parents, helping your kids and your neighbors spiritually. Students, helping your classmates spiritually. Helping our coworkers spiritually. You see, what good is it, Luke 9, Jesus said, what good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit his very self? I would add, and I think Jesus would probably agree, what good is it if you achieve everything that you want but you leave no legacy of faith? You get that job, you get that career, you get that social status, you get whatever it is, but you leave zero legacy of faith. Is it worth it? Is that what God designed you for? Is that what he meant when he called you to follow him and to the lordship of Jesus? You see, we got to make sure that we remember what's truly valuable, what's truly important, 
in this world. It's not the material things. It's not us feeling good about certain achievements in a secular mindset. It's about leaving a legacy of faith, about helping a soul spiritually for all eternity. I want to give you a practical takeaway that we can all do here. And here's a practical takeaway. It's pretty simple. Make a decision today to leave a legacy of faith. Just make a decision today. I believe that will transform a number of our views. It will transform our actions. And it will produce the results that God wants to see. So for some of us who are visiting here, hey, what you need to do in making that decision, decide to study the Bible. Find out what, is, what else is there to this legacy of faith. Let, let me more about this Jesus guy. Let, let, I want to know more about it. Hey, make a decision today. Study the Bible. And if you've been studying the Bible here, then, then make a decision. Hey, I'm going to prior, prioritize getting to know God more. He's kind of on my list, but he's kind of second or third, and things come up. Make a decision that, hey, you're going to prioritize it. You'll make time. You'll sacrifice a little bit of entertainment so that you can know about this faith that has been passed down through the generations since the beginning of time. And for the members here, I want to encourage us as well to get back to the mission. To get back to making a decision. You're kind of repledging yourself to the Lord. And you say, you know what? I'm making a decision again today. I'm going to leave a legacy. That means I'm going to get mission focused. I'm going to go out and I'm going to share my faith. I'm going to talk to people. I'm going to open my mouth. Obviously, we need to pray and get some help with all this. But imagine what it's going to be like if we do it. Imagine the legacy that you and I will leave if we all committed to this. But here's the cool thing, is that we already have real-life examples right here. We have real-life examples of people having an impact and leaving a legacy of faith. In fact, let, let, let's look at that for a second. John and Holly Franz, where are you guys here? John and Holly, stand up, please. I know I didn't tell you beforehand. They, they really don't like being put on blast, but sorry about that. Talk to me afterwards. All right. John and Holly France became Christians a number of years ago. They had a daughter who they helped become a Christian. Leah, please stand up. She was a girl who was singing up in here. <laughs> Leah, in the team ministry with some other sisters, studied the Bible with Jackie Olivas. Jackie, please stand up. Jackie helped a girl named Tennessee become a Christian. Unfortunately, Tennessee's in San Francisco. But just imagine the Tennessee's here. <laughs> Tennessee ended up helping Jessica, who just got baptized two weeks ago, become a Christian. What do we see here? A legacy of faith. Amy Rodriguez, please stand up. Yeah, girl, I'm talking to you. Girl, yeah, she's looking at me. Amy Rodriguez, her and her husband, Eric, helped their son, Eric Rodriguez Jr., become a disciple of Jesus. Please stand up, Eric. Eric in the team ministry helped Drew Rodriguez become a disciple of Jesus. Please stand up, Drew. Drew, with a number of us, helped Freddie become a disciple of Jesus. Freddie, who's been playing the guitar up there. Freddie decided, hey, I can't let this faith be just to me. He shares the gospel with his co-worker, Alex, who just got baptized two weeks ago. What do we see here? A legacy of faith. Uh, and that's just the people in the room. 
You guys can sit down. That's just the people in the room. John and Holly, I'm sure, didn't realize that their faith was passed on to this girl who goes to Cal State Los Angeles. And if you haven't met, there's your chance to go meet. <laughs> Amy Rodriguez probably had no idea that as they were raising and nursing their kid, that, that they were, he would have an impact all the way down to Alex, who goes to Pasadena City College. You see, this legacy of faith is bigger than you and me. It's, it's huge. This is a worldwide impact. And it's something that we won't even really see the results of. Ananias had no idea that Paul would become what he became and the impact he would have. And you know what? It's not even really about Ananias. It's just about the fact that God used Ananias. God wants to use you and me so that we can have more legacies of faith in the congregation. And those legacies will spread throughout the world. If we were to go and to link everybody, it would probably touch all six continents where people live. They don't live on Antarctica, okay? So, so there you go. This is incredible, guys. The legacy of faith that you and I have an opportunity to participate in. To have an impact on people we will never meet. And it will last for generations and generations. Do you want to leave a legacy of faith? Do you want to leave, leave a legacy of faith? Well, then we got to have YOFO. We got to start living for others. We got to live for the Lord. We got to be committed. We got to be mission focused. Because here's the thing. The gospel can't stop at Alex. The legacy of faith can't stop with Jessica. We can't be the last link in the chain. No, it's supposed to continue. And continue and continue. Imagine if all of us in here made a decision today to leave a legacy of faith. Be incredible. All inspiring. God would be praised, glorified, and worshiped. And souls would be changed for eternity. Let's close out in Psalm. 78. You guys still with me here? Yes. Psalm 78. We read it earlier. I believe that this applies to us and we can insert ourselves into the passage. Psalm 78, verse 1. Oh, my people, hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter hidden things, things from of old. What we have heard and known, what our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and the wonders he has done. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our forefathers to teach their children. So the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born. And they in turn would tell their children. Then... They would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. We are tomorrow's ancestors. What will you leave behind? I pray that every one of us will leave a legacy of faith. Amen.